0: You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafiti and Erasimus Stylianessis. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 54 of Here for the Truth podcast. Um, this one was an absolute classic episode, a classic chat, which we recorded yesterday with our good friend, Alex Hickman. We were on his podcast, Project Sovereign, a couple of weeks ago um alex is a very knowledgeable knowledgeable guy he's he read 81 books last year he's been on unslaved the platform hosted by our friends michael Tassarian and david whitehead where your and i first met and this was just a great conversation um if you guys haven't checked it out yet heads are here for the our website is now live we would appreciate you guys um subscribing grabbing the merch discount and joining our newsletter because we have lots of exciting things coming. We're building new learning pathways and new avenues for you guys to be here for the truth and to really explore what that actually means in a deeper and more profound way. Um, Enjoy this episode. Here's Alex now. Peace. Alex Hickman, former professional football player, retired at 23 through chronic injury, began studying the body and holistic well-being through the Czech Institute studied multiple spiritual and mystical traditions from across the world psychology, philosophy, occultism, alternative history. At the same time period, he began investing in real estate. He bought and sold millions of pounds worth over the last eight years. Now, along with his investing ventures, he writes and creates other content that he shares online as a personal brand. His midterm vision is to build a sovereign and decentralized online community, which is laying the foundation nations for by building the personal brand. I also He also works with people in the coaching capacity, integrating different maps of consciousness, modalities, and radical honesty. Sorry, I was trying to convert that into third person in real time. Okay, awesome. man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alex, brother, welcome to Here for the Truth. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's absolute yeah. pleasure. For those that are listening and don't know, we were on Alex's platform, Project Sovereign, a couple of weeks back. Um, so looking forward to this one Alex is a very interesting guy who's gone down a bunch of different paths just to begin as always Alex can you give us a brief history of the major rites of passages that brought you to pretty much where you are now uh yeah sure um so I was a
1: as I met, you mentioned there Joel I was a, a professional sportsman here in the UK <clears throat> so I don't know what it's like in the countries you, you guys are up but it's like every young lad's dream to, to play professional sports and everything. And, uh, and you know, in all fairness, I made it, I was 16, signed a professional contract uh, over here in the UK. Football is the sport. I think it's, uh, you, you guys call it soccer, I think, but it's football over here. Yeah, And that's everybody's dream, you know, uh, every young lad. And maybe one out of every five, to 10,000, you know, managed to sign a professional contract, something like that. And I got there, me and a good friend, we, we grew up together. And and then I turned, uh, sort of signed a, a professional deal at 16. By the time I turned 19, I was I was like injured for three months at a time. I'd come back for a couple of months, then I'd be out injured again. And then, you know, life sort of threw a few curveballs. And by the age of 23, I'd fallen out of the professional game and uh, my body just couldn't handle playing anymore really so uh that was probably what you, you you've called there a rites of passage you yeah. uh, life put that in the way and uh I had no choice but to to go inside a little bit and, and contemplate what all this was about because my whole entire life would you know had been revolved around being this professional footballer and uh and that got took away through through some of my own faults and, and through, uh, you know, fate, if you like, and look. And uh, within a week, I had picked up a couple of books and it just completely changed my outlook on life. I was reading um, some of the, the, the Eastern texts. Within a year, I had read like the Bhagavad Gita and um, the Vedas and, you know, the Quran and all this stuff. And this was like within 12 months, I'd read all this. I was like, man, what have I been doing for twenty three years? You know, it was just uh, I've been just lost in this whirlpool of noise. Mm. And then, um, so that was uh, seven or eight years ago now, and and ever since then, I've been on an entrepreneurial venture. I think you'd label it as. I've bought and sold millions of pounds worth of property. Um, I've trained other people to do the same thing. I've worked for organisations and uh, on how to, how to do what I'm doing. Um, I now use like a fund in a way I, I use other people's capital and grow their capital, um, for them. So I do that as, as like a worldly project mm-hmm. and worldly venture. Um, but that, you know, that's just, uh, I could lose all that tomorrow and there wouldn't really anything be lost. Do you know what I mean? So that's me up to this point, bro.
2: Hmm what um i might be muting in and out just cuz there's some work going on in my home right now so hopefully you weren't hearing it in the background but what what was it that led you to picking up those books like what was it within yourself where you went from like oh man i'm injured all the time i don't think this my dream is going to be my initial dream is going to be the reality and and then oh wow i just went into a bookstore and i came across the the vedas you know so i'm curious how that was for you that process it was
1: um So I got into Paul Czech. I mentioned the Czech Institute there. I was trying to fix myself because my hips are sort of all out of alignment now, just from the motion of kicking a football, my groin and my hips and uh, my my flexors and everything. So I was trying to fix that. um, And I was doing that probably towards as I knew the end was coming, I was trying to fix it to maintain that um, profession yeah and that was when I come across so it moved towards holistic well-being, holistic health and moving the body differently to what the, the chiropractors and the doctors and everything were telling me. So it was probably more uh, thinking about it to do with the the holistic physical body, the well-being of that. and then I fell into the Czech Institute. I did a few courses on there, started a, a well-being business uh, personal training. I ended up uh, I rented a space in this gym and I ended up. Uh, Being the best selling personal trainer that they'd ever had in this one gym locally. And that was more to do with sales than it was to do with uh than what I knew, to be honest. There were smarter people than me in that gym. It was just how I could communicate properly. Um, but that's that from there, from that holistic well-being, it moved into the more right, that's the body. So let's work on the psyche and let's look into the soul and ancient egypt i fell down that rabbit hole and then uh, you know ancient samaria and and then and then to atlantis and then you sound like a madman don't you when you start talking about all this so then i've reeled that back in and then you know get back into the real world you know what it's all like man so so yeah i think to answer your question in in a few words it was to do with the body and trying to fix the body led me to a more holistic and and open-minded journey
0: cool man um like, what is it about knowledge that has this power to transform? Like we come here as human beings and for the most part, we're not automatically aware of, of what it is that we want to do or how to, or how to survive even. You know what I mean? But then mm-hmm. at the same time, as, as human beings, we have this unlimited potential for learning and for knowledge. And so, and, and to pass that on and you read a book and it, it's, it's life-changing. Something in you is, is changed forever and it on some level clicks with something within you where it's like, wow, this, this is exciting. This is intriguing. This is a path. I want to continue to follow. Just can you talk about from your perspective, like the importance of knowledge and how that's really affected you and and changed your life? A vague question, uh, but you get where I'm going. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's pretty broad, but I mean, knowledge means, you know, it's just to know, right. To know something. And from my perspective, it's got to the point now where, um, Knowledge is a, is a limited and linear concept to which you get to the point where you have to give it back up and, and give it back away again. So, so at the beginning, that knowledge was like there was a thirst there. It was constant. It could never be fed mm-hmm. um, like a ravaging animal. You're just constantly seeking, seeking, seeking this knowledge. But then it got to a point maybe two years ago and I was like, what, what am I actually looking at this knowledge for? What, how is this serving me in anything I'm doing? Um, and I had to, at that point, sort of, sur- I don't like the words, it's a bit wishy-washy, but surrender that knowledge now to, to wherever it come from. So I think at the beginning, knowledge is what triggers that light. You know, like the, the, the mythology of the phoenix, and it burns to the ground, and then it comes back up again. Yeah. I think that that is the knowledge. Uh, I use that analogy in my own mind. That knowledge is the rebirth. But then as as you're beginning to fly, you have to sort of release that knowledge back to where it come from, the divine spark or whatever that's within us, because it's already residing there, right? Yeah. You have to release it again to, to find that peace. Otherwise, you're just seeking knowledge for knowledge's sake, which is, you know, wisdom for wisdom's sake is, is obviously better than wisdom to manipulate people. But um, I just think at the moment where I am in my life, I've had to give up the searching for knowledge in order to find a bit of peace. Because mm-hmm. otherwise I'd have just been on the rabbit, rabbit wheel for forever, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, you, I, actually, I actually want to bring that up uh, relative to your human design. I know we brought up human design a little bit in our <clears> podcast <throat> with you and just touched upon it and you know you provided us with your information and i just want to touch something you and i we both share the one line so there's something called your profile which you can say it's an aspect of your personality and the one line the, the lines come from the hexagrams from the 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 i ching i'm not going to get too into it but the one line is the investigator okay so the the investigator the one that seeks to build a foundation of knowledge but it actually comes there's an inherent like insecurity uh, in the one line, and so we seek that knowledge. We want to build that foundation. Now you have the three line associated with the one. Now the three is all about learning through trial and error, through bumping into things, to taking in knowledge and learning, and then ultimately through that process of gaining knowledge, going down these rabbit holes, feeling a secure foundation, figuring out what works, what doesn't work for you, and then bringing that out to the world and offering wisdom because you've been through. The journey and you've gone down the rabbit holes and you figured out what worked, what didn't work in your own process. And that's, that's a way for you to lead and guide and give that back. So I just wanted to mirror that back to you in terms of how that shows up. And, and I relate to that in a certain way, you know, when we have a different overall profile, but we share the one line. So, um, it doesn't surprise me. And it also doesn't surprise me that in one of your recent podcasts on your page, you said you read 81 books last year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's that's pretty incredible. I I I would love to take a survey of seven billion people or however many billion people are on this planet right now and been like, out of you seven billion, how many of you read 81 or more books last year? And I would have to say that number is probably very small. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I'd say so, but <laughs> but you know what? The look like I don't wear that with a badge of honor. It's that's um That, I read books now to, um, to create what's known as a second brain. So everything is, I don't store that. Nothing I read is now stored. Everything goes straight out onto like a note-taking system. That's like a neural network online, an app. So whenever I want to write articles or write things, I've got everything written down already from, these, from my own mind that I've took from these books. So a lot of everything I read now I don't store. It's purposely put out so that I can write things.
2: Okay. Because so you create your own your own database
1: based on notes. Basically, from- yeah, right. yeah. It's called the the Zettelkasten system. It's called. I got that from a guy. Yeah. Go on, bro. No,
2: no, no you know, you go, you go. Wasn't it? You continue. I got
1: it from I got it from a guy off YouTube, uh, and he was like a very average guy, who. Um, He wrote books on so many different topics, like 30 different topics in his life. And I thought, well, how how, in God's name is he doing that? So I figured out that he was using this system of of acquiring information, getting the information out and then tagging and um, tagging, tagging the, the notes that he's making on these books to create a neural network. So whenever he put the tag in, it would spit out all the notes that he'd ever made on that tag. So then that's how he was re- writing all these books. So I thought, oh, I'm going to have a bit of that. So that's why I did that.
2: It's incredible because I'm not, I'm not built that way. I mean, I like to read the books, but I'm not one to, I mean, I'll underline things, but I'm not yeah, one yeah. to do that. And also, you know, who I think says they did that as well and, and use the internet mm-hmm. for that purpose alone. The early days of the internet was Michael, with Like he said that oh. the, he utilized the internet just as a place to store all his notes from all of his research. So I find that... If you read Michael's
1: articles now, shocky has been brought up, by the way, so early.
2: But but Wait, wait what did you the, say? I, didn't, I missed that. I said shocky
1: has been brought up so early. Oh, yeah, exactly. If you read Michael's articles, you can see um, that all those are notes that he's took from a while ago that he's then put in and, and wrote around his notes. Yeah. That's why he can get so much content out.
2: Yeah. I mean, it seems like a great system. I don't think my brain and my mind is built that way, but for people no. who uh, I, um, it is, and that's their way of doing things. It's incredible.
1: Mm. That's my nerdy side.
2: Great.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, all right. I want to talk about something here. I want to talk about because, all right, so you, you began on the Eastern side of things, perhaps more in the realm of, 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 of mysticism and obviously, you've had a bit of a transformation since then. Um, what is, how can, how can I ask this question? Hmm. So Eastern philosophies can kind of correlate with New Age material in, in a little bit of the way where we kind of leave consciousness at the door. We, 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 we present this idea that perhaps no mind might be the best way for, for man to live. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Did you ever go through a period of such where it was almost like all I need to do is cultivate stillness in my life? Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's important
1: there to, to understand why Mm-hmm. the Eastern philosophies go down the path of complete stillness and the Western civilization tends to go down the path of, of motion, if you like, stillness and motion. yeah. And I think it's important to, to understand that they're both actually trying to get to the same place, in my view, by utilising different methods to get there. So the stillness principle, um, if you look at the work of Walter Russell as an example, is the still point in the middle is where all creation, manifestation comes from. You've got the electromagnetic spectrum and, you know, the centre point, the fulcrum at the top, uh, that is the still point. If we take that as what Eastern philosophy is is essentially saying, they're actually not too far away from the Western idea that motion... um, I mean, most people don't even think about this, do they? They just get on with their lives. So to say Western philosophy, it's actually the thinkers that, that yep. think this stuff up. The Western, the Western thinkers are more to do with the individual. The Eastern thinkers are more to do with the collective, right? I, d- I merely think it's the electromagnetic spectrum playing itself out in civilization. I don't think there is anything right or wrong. And we have to have the synthesis of the two in order to even exist. We wouldn't be able to exist. We wouldn't have that motion. We wouldn't have that uh, vibratory uh happening if we didn't have them so in terms of the eastern philosophy i think it plays an enormous role um not so much in the new agey sit and think about money type but in the sense that we've all probably experienced it here if you can still your mind and still your entire being it is complete bliss we have probably all had it at some time mm-hmm. then you are the question arises why are we constantly seeking bliss for what purpose is that bliss Are we escaping reality? A bit of a Gnostic principle. And the the West, I could suggest, well, you're out there, you've got no introspection and no contemplative reality whatsoever. All you're trying to do is fight with reality and control reality. And hence the destruction of the natural world is through the destruction of our inner being. I could suggest the West is a poison in that sense. Mm -hmm. But then we have created arguably the best society that exists so i don't know the answer to the question but i don't think you can have one without the other because that's just a polarized duality we live
0: in yeah it reminds me of you mean the the archetypal symbol of the lemnos or the infinity symbol where there's motion you come back to the still point right and then and then mm-hmm. motion again and i it's kind of interesting how you've Um, brought up that you mean potentially this is just that 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 polarity that polarity expressing itself through civilization with the stillness and the motion it's definitely interesting to consider but I think the problem is is actually human understanding right because humans by nature they they want answers they want one model that works for their life that they can apply and and stick by Um, so they kind of say they're drawn to, 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 to the Eastern philosophies or, 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 or the new age material, then they think that they can apply this throughout their entire life as a consistent modality um, in order to, to, to live their best life. When really, I think what you're hinting at, which I agree with is that both are absolutely necessary um, in order to experience a life well lived um, for sure. But- We need to drop, we need to drop belief systems. Yeah, but fucking belief systems are the
1: fucking problem. You yeah. believe you're in, you, you follow Eastern philosophy, or you believe you're a follower of Western philosophy. You're a believer of none. You're a liver of none if you just believe in. And I think this is what people get trapped in is what's going on inside their ears. They think, oh well, I've read the Gita, I've read the Bible or something, and that's it. That's my belief, and I'm I'm fixed. And you're just a repeating robot at that point.
0: Yeah. So then. Would that come back to individual reason as, 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 as determining for each individual? What is the best path? Yeah, I mean, it's a Randian outlook. I'm a big big fan
1: of Ayn Rand. Um, but you had Immanuel Kant who wrote the critique of pure reason and he'd suggest that you have to, in his words, clip, clip the wings of reason in order to experience life. From my perspective, there is a more limitless existence out there when you don't live to pure reason. I do. I'm a huge believer in reason. but And the objective world has to be interacted with intensely, in my opinion, to, in order to find one authentic path. Yeah. But I do believe that there is... Um, in order to experience life fully reason has to be
0: uh, what's the right word i hear what you're saying it can it can definitely skew your experience of of reality because Mm. i mean it, it can i guess on some level limit your intake those those perception intakes of how we experience reality um but yeah, man, definitely interesting things to consider for sure. You're asking us to ever take on it's this. It's like re- reason, and sorry, bro, reason. Let me sorry. Uh,
1: if you, where's that reason come from? Like, where are you with me? Uh, what have we? How have we made sense of everything in order to make reason reasonable? And that's like a loop you can never.
0: Yeah. Fulfill. Yeah. Well, I mean, from from the Randian, I guess perspective of objectivism objectivism which was her philosophy was that basically it's it's found the foundational determinant of that is is man's survival what what it and creating a list of rational values based first and foremost on what man needs to do to survive and i guess from her perspective in, in order to survive we have to use reason there's there's no choice in the matter right i guess in the, in the beginning stages the the, the eastern models of, of stillness aren't going to work because everything else in nature, on some level, has automatic survival functions. Be it the plant automatically is getting, receiving life force from the soil and from the sun. I you mean, know, the animal has automatic perceptory instincts to survive. Whereas man, we're here, we have this consciousness, but we're not given these automatically life these automatic life skills to survive. So this is where reason comes in the picture in in in, in, yeah. in the beginning. And I guess from there, it's enhancing that reason and as you go through life discerning what works what doesn't work what experience was beneficial what experience wasn't beneficial and and honing it honing it in from there Mm -hmm. you actually must i took i took
1: it away from you man no
2: you didn't no worries I, (laughs) i actually i appreciate this dialogue because you know at my foundations i'm i'm an integral thinker and so i believe in the the uh, integration of opposites within one's life, you know, and I had a teacher once, you know, we were, we were having a conversation about um, what is enlightenment. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this, I might even mention this in your podcast. And you said that it's, it's about it's about dancing between opposites. So I guess it's, you know, determining when, like, again, what is reason, you know, like I, I, I agree with what, what Joel said, and, you know, I'm a fan of Ayn Rand and I'm looking to go even deeper into her work. Um, who determines what's reasonable. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that might think they're using reason, um, but it's the exact opposite. And then there's a, a certain level of, um, uh, there's a certain type of intelligence that may be coming from certain individuals that are based on intuition or emotion. You know, So it's like, where is that balance? And how does each individual, again, I think on some level, mm. uh, well, you could say use reason, but integrate, these different aspects of self and when life and circumstances present themselves to the individual, do they have the flexibility? Do they have the ability to respond appropriately with what each situation requires? And this is why I think like the more expanded a a person's consciousness is, the the more parts of themselves they have access to, that, that they have the ability to be more successful in life. Um, think of it as like the conductor in an orchestra. Imagine these different elements of yourself as different instruments in your own inner orchestra of of life, of experience. And then you have the center point that you can, you can choose like how you're being in a given situation. Now, reason comes in here because there's a level of knowledge and understanding and introspection and and thinking and 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 at the same time, knowing yourself on a, on another level, you know, maybe through points of stillness, you know, points of stillness, and then tapping into certain emotions or feelings or or other states that uh, that are different. I don't know if this is making sense, but I'm just trying to go with this mm. conversation that we have. Is that we're, we're asking questions? Yeah. Do we have all the answers? Like I don't want to sit here and say I now have the answer to everything. And I think it's uh, it's a little bit more fluid, and. I like to think I'm a reasonable man, and I, I value reason and using reason. And I think something we're missing in the world today, if we look out into the world, we're looking at a society that's been highly collectivized, you know, a society that has, let's say, maybe ignored the process of of using, re- using reason and critical thinking, critical analysis to come to their own conclusions, and instead has been absorbed by this this thing you know this group think this crowd mind so um yeah i don't know it's interesting to talk about and think about i mean the, the,
1: a question i'd ask it with to do with reason if you live a life purely mm. by reason is where where does the idea of mythology and symbolism sit with that yeah yeah it's it, it it's, you, know, you know like the Jungian idea of and the uh,
0: hero's journey type ideas uh, but it just like come down to you mean individual reason and individual discernment if those if those ideas have been beneficially applicable to the individual then that that affects their reason right so for example mm-hmm. in my life i found profound benefit from mythology i found profound benefit from divination from tarot from astrology would Rand be into divination right that's 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 an interesting question there <laughs> yeah. but personally no, it's a I- fair point man Personally, mm-hmm. I've, I've found resonance in that. I've I've yielded benefit, and I've, to me, I've changed beneficially as, as a result of that. So then, does that become integrated into my individual reason? You know what I mean? As as, as part of my life. And Erosmos asked the question, what is what is reason, right? And then I guess Rand would say that reason is based on morality, and according to her, she would say that morality is objective. So there is kind of a constant guide as to reason and that objective morality to her was based on what I mentioned earlier being man needs to survive first and foremost and this is where her whole concept of selfishness comes into the picture where she would you mean vilify the the the, the, the eastern mysticists and the and the supernatural um for spouting the idea that the good is outside of us that it's only good if we serve the external it's only good if we serve someone other than ourselves hence leave, leaving ourselves in a state of depravity where she would say you know I mean rational selfishness based on rational values serving oneself lifting oneself up filling one's cup only then is that the man that can actually be of service to another person because he has he's validated himself you know um so even is is, is my, my my question is 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 reason still what's underlying all of it you know what i mean like at, at, at the end of the day i don't know i mean if, if, if we suggest that um
1: survival is the mm. if we suggest that survival is then actually it's
0: the fear of death that's driving everything which is what reason must be built on but, or is it built on reality? I mean, existence is a fact, right? A equals A, the reality is- We think we so, to huh, huh? Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we think so. yeah. My, my, we don't, I have no idea. And this is where you asked the question about knowledge. It's like, it's never ending, yeah. is it? So it's great. And it. so on oh, mental masturbation, it's fantastic. Yeah. But reality is like, that. it all has to just float away, doesn't it? And then just reality is as reality is. And that's it. Everything else is a system of belief, and, and that's, definitely, that's
0: definitely, you know, definitely, yeah. But what 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 it comes? i, back I to, probably slap my face, but <laughs> <laughs> what it comes back to is the question. Like, you know what I mean? With existence being the state that it is, you as a human being here on Earth, right? Mm. What is the, how do you, what is the, what is the most? What is the best way to, to move forward? you know what it, and that's I guess that's that's the question that she's proliferating there but for example I mean I know you're 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 big in in in, in the in the in the wealth game um as well you know and so for example the eye whole idea of accumulating wealth would be considered a very selfish idea to to someone coming from from a biblical perspective right but how does that when we need money in reality, we need money. You know what I mean? But these ideas around money, these ideas around wealth is actually what's keeping the collective, in my opinion, as a collective, as a, as a herd in, in, in a lowered state. So then does one use reason to be like, Hey, I'm here as a human being. I need to be productive and I need to earn money. And if I've got guilt around earning money, how is that a beneficial way to live my life when the fact of the matter is that's actually the state of the majority of the collective that's bought into these ideas, I believe.
2: Real quickly, I want to add something there. Hmm. Like we need money. I agree. And then I, all of a sudden the thought of some badass dude who lives in the woods, who can hunt, who can build, who could do all these things and live on his own now he may not have money, but then is he going to be solo, like just in the woods by himself? Or if there's a community, will there be a bartering system? And then bartering is that like money in that system? You know, is that considered money? Anyways, I don't know. We're just going on a, a lot of different uh, tangents here, but, just but that, think. so
1: so so to align yeah. with uh, what Joel's saying there, that's probably uh, doing what the individual wants to do to, to his highest values, and that would be. I'd suggest would be a selfish move in Randian terms mm-hmm. for him to do that would be a selfish act because that's what he wants to do with his life whether he serves other people or not it's up to him I, I tend to agree with that I think uh, uh, the virtue of selfishness I think it's one of the most underrated books I think I've ever read in my life to be honest yeah yeah that's it that's it yeah man yeah. So listen, I'm not, I don't knock this. I, I think objectivism and that, that it holds a lot of value for people a lot. Uh, the, the world could do with more
0: of that type of philosophy, in my opinion right now. Um, you're right, man. You're right. And it's a, it's, 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 a, it's a balance. And at the same time, you can't go to extremes, but I think simply based on the state that the, we, we, you mean know, not that there's a collective brain or a collective consciousness, but when you, when you look out there to the masses, I think this is this is the balance that kind of needs to be filled a little bit um, for sure. And to answer your question, youramos, the man living in the woods, sure, he's he's basically a trader. he's using money, he's being productive, he's uh, he's creating value and he's he's trading it as, as as in the form of money. But if he was to produce and then to say, Oh shit, I'm just going to give this all away, you know I mean I, f- I feel guilty about trading this value for value. Mm-hmm then what kind of life is he going to live? He's going to live in a state of resentment at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But this is, this, is, this, is, this is the premise of, of collectivism, is that they have this altruistic morality, which says that, you know what I mean, it's only good if it's for someone else, but they can't, they can't accept it or negate it. So that they live in this weird limbo state of guilt where they have this, mor- this morality, where they know it doesn't serve them on any level, but all of a sudden they feel guilty about rejecting it altogether. And this, this is this is why we don't have empowered individuals. Everyone's just in this limbo, this limbic state of, vacill- of vacillating of shit, man. I don't know what to
2: do. Alex, when in doubt, get the JAB because it's <laughs> for the greater good. Okay, when in doubt.
1: <laughs> yeah, Klaus Schwabano Yeah.
2: Uh, no, this is a good conversation, a good discussion between three minds. And I, I appreciate it. Um, you know uh, what? Let me
1: just add one thing before please, we close up on this. Please, bit, Of right?
2: course we could keep going. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know. How, I don't know your ages, but I, I don't, you don't look old enough to have gone through the like, uh, Ronald Reagan and, uh, Maggie Thatcher in the UK era. Early I'm, 80s, I'm
2: 41. I so I was born in 1980. So, but yes, you, was, you would you'd never. During those
1: years. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you wouldn't really know, I suppose, really not like I was born in 91 right so i never had that uh experience but it seems to me that there's been a rejection by the millennial generation of the parents that grew up um you know they went through that era in the mid in the, their 20s and 30s and the rebellion is the collectivism it's showing up as the swing so you had Reagan and and Thatcher who were just deregulated everything, Wall Street completely deregulated and it's a complete free for And it looks now like just a complete rejection of that and just an over the top swing the other way. Mm. And I can see it in the near future, especially with the crypto markets and everything, because that evolves probably just going to go the other way again. Is it just a a pendulum that's going to keep going? And when you separate yourself off that pendulum and mm. just live a life of, you know, having a bit of humor with it all and taking the, making fun of people and because they're lost on this, what the Buddhists would call wheel of samsara. They're just lost on it. I mean, crack on for me. I don't, I'm not here to save anyone,
2: but ever. You
1: know. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: i just, I think we're going back the other way. We, we, we've gone through this collective state. It's going to take a big, big, um, shake up if you imagine like you know when you're cooking and you like sieve away all the stuff and the water's the water goes through I think a lot of that's happening right now and I'm a bit of a pessimist naturally um but I I think we'll come out the other side to be fair
2: well that was the a good segue because that was the question I was gonna jump into before you just gave your last point here which I appreciate but like where do you see society going Do you think there's going to be this like even deeper bifurcation where like people are going to become like what I just said, like living in the woods, you know, being traders and hunting animals and, you know, throwing some gold coins at each other that they have like buried in the ground? You know, what, how do you think things are going to evolve, you know, as we evolve from a technological standpoint as well, like we can't sit here and say like there isn't this, this move towards this transhumanist agenda towards like, you know, uh, uploading our consciousness into the cloud, et cetera, et cetera. And yet there are people that are like, nah, fuck that. I don't want to deal with that. I'm, I'm, I'm not living that life. So how do you see, will there be some kind of synthesis? Will the, will the pendulum completely swing? Will there be complete chaos? Like, From your pessimistic and maybe somewhat optimistic standpoint, what do you think is going to happen?
1: Yeah. Do you know Ray Kurzweil?
2: Yes. Singularity, dude. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Basically, consciousness on a computer, human consciousness just controlled by robots, basically. Um, I think it I think we're at a very dangerous and also very exciting time, depending on which way we choose for this to go, in a sense, that AI now is being built on what we are doing online. So, Instagram, for example, if you if you click on a bird with a tits out, you're going to keep seeing birds with their tits out, aren't you? We're creating this out these algorithms. We're creating this AI today of what it's going to be in 10 years, 20 years. Kurzweil, uh, was it Kurzweil? Yeah, Kurzweil believed that um, by the year 2040, AI will be a billion times more intelligent than a human. A billion times more intelligent than a human. Now, that's fucking scary, man. That's like, I think I heard some guy suggest that it was like a flight to Albert Einstein, something like that. And if that is the case, and we are building that, how, if it becomes a self-organising and and sort of conscious entity, how on earth are we going to survive as a species if we create that, you know, in the way that, I mean, if you go on a tweet now, a divisive tweet, you'll have hundreds and thousands of comments slaughtering people, calling each other all sorts of names and no, no rationality, nothing there. So if we're building this thing, what are these, what are these artificial intelligence? What, how are they going to turn out? So when you talk about the men in the woods and, and whatever, they could be in the woods because we've created this AI to be benevolent and we're there fishing and enjoying ourselves because all our needs are took care of and we don't need to really do anything other than what we want to be doing. Or the vice versa is we're trying to save ourselves from an absolute machine and monster that we've created for ourselves. And I think we're going down one of those paths. Um, if I had to put a bet on it, I'd probably say the latter.
2: Yeah. You know, I don't know if this relates, but I want to share this cause I had this thought the other day when, you know, we talk about what's been happening in the world. Um, when we think about how we've been, uh, we're being assaulted from every single angle, uh, on a biological level, you know, whether it's GMOs, whether it's what they put in our water, whether it's EMFs, whether it's uh, all the different jabs, etc. that I had this thought the other night that so many people's bodies are going to get to this place where living in them is going to be such a burden to so many that they are going to beg to have their consciousness uploaded to some cloud and that thought came to me and I was just curious what either of you have on that because I'm not a super technological person in terms of understanding what this looks like what Elon Musk is creating and Neuralink and all the other stuff that's potentially out there but if there is this thing kind of like the matrix where like you can go okay I have a consciousness I could just like upload it to something and then live forever whatever that is like I just wonder if part of the agenda, part of this is getting to this place where like just being a human in a body is gonna be so like painful that people will want that. So curious what you think on that.
0: I think I think that's that's the goal personally. I mean, this is about disassociation, right? This is about disembodiment. And I think even just before you look at the the physical aspect of it, you mean through porn culture through violent culture through you mean through all these ideas that they've given us um to to cast shadows for ourselves i think that was that's that's been the goal ever since then to for for man to want to escape for him to ask and beg for that on some level um so yeah man i'm i i i i believe that is definitely part of the agenda And this is why more than ever, you know, those Jungian aspects of shadow work and psychic hygiene are more necessary than ever. I mean, not just in order to to, to deal with yourself and your soul, but also so you can make better decisions for yourself in regards to what could be coming around the corner.
2: Hmm. Mm. You have anything to add to to that, Alex? Uh, I don't
1: um ask the question again
2: well the question was thinking of how things have been going for the last how many decades as we've moved towards this place of just constantly being assaulted from every angle through our food through our water through you know getting things injected into us uh, through the uptake or the increase of you know uh, the electromagnetic frequencies on the planet that people are mm-hmm. going to come to this place And in addition to everything that Joel said, too, you know, like how there's this like push to continue to be disembodied and to escape that as this technology uh, evolves, you know, where we can upload ourselves to some cloud, collective cloud or metaverse or whatever the case may be, that people because living in a body is going to be so painful or they'll be completely disconnected from what it even means to have a body that they're going to just like be on their hands and knees like praying and being grateful for the opportunity to be like uploaded you know i could just imagine this visual of people lining up like i'm next i'm next and then it's like and the body falls and i'm next and, I'm, and then the body falls you know what i mean so yeah. i don't know just your thoughts on on, on that
1: i've got to be honest if, if it got to that point and the people were willingly open to doing it oh i I'd, I'd actually i'd say please go ahead because you're not serving any purpose to the, the greater good of nature at this point. If you're willing to do such a thing, you're completely demoralized, degenerate, degenerated everything. So, I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and, and it might sound a bit psychopathic, I don't know, but I generally don't really care that much about that type of person. If it got to that point, what, what's the point that they've gone at that point, you know? Yeah, I, um, I'm
2: in agreement of you, you know? So it's good to know i have a fellow psychopath in the world. <laughs>
1: Well, what, yeah, man, I'm happy to be labelled as such, but,
2: but you know, it's—I
1: don't think they can upload consciousness to some computer. I don't think that's possible. I don't think you can. The divinity that's within you cannot be stripped away by a human being or a robot or something. I don't think that can happen.
2: Yeah.
1: Can there probably? You might as well be dead, right? If you're not in your body, you might as well just not be in this this reality, edge. You know. So I don't think it's going to happen in the first place. But if it did, please carry on. Yeah. Whatever.
2: This whole virtual reality and like, I mean, I've never even experienced that in this metaverse thing. Like, it's such so trippy to me. Someone sent me something on Instagram the other day. And I don't know if it was a joke, but they like opened a door and they walked in. on like, it was like their grandma who had (laughs) who had had like the metaverse. It was like performing fellatio. uh you know uh, and it was like and then she like got caught and then i don't know if it was <laughs> but like but then that just makes me think that you're gonna be these people who are gonna be having these like pseudo experiences um it's such a trip and i'm you know a yeah. mind
0: come on man yeah. it's the entire purpose is to negate realities to negate existence is to for yeah. you to be fully convinced that it's too difficult to be a real human being in a real world so you're gonna beg to the ai god you know and i mean that's that, 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 that's what this is the whole thing is the, the light at the end of the tunnel probably is that vr you know I mean the shining light of the freaking uv at the end of the day man like who knows all these different programs that they've down that that we've, that we've 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 taken on you know i mean as a means to escape um yeah. uh, you know the, the supernatural could merely be a super su- pseudonym for the ai at the end of the day um look, look into shane's work bro Sh- Sh- shane bales is a friend of ours who's been on here um mm illuminati bloodline and he thinks that we're in the seventh repetition of some ai cycle already like there's so many different so what's ideas. that so go through that so basically <laughs> he believes that we we already in a simula, we're, we're already in a simulation that we're in the, we're in a repetition of a, of a pre-recorded program just in different contexts already taking place he thinks that we literally are plugged in already that we are in those mm-hmm. the the hubs so
1: what would, would the programming would the programming allow him to figure it out
2: <laughs> i'd
1: that's like awesome. to speak to him man you need to put us in touch
0: yeah yeah we'll, we, we can uh, we, we can come back here the four of us and have a discussion yeah again. man that would be good, oh, good. yeah, yeah be good. definitely i will put you in touch definitely man he'd be a great to be fair, the, the seven solid.
1: cycles the seven cycles thing is is um i think that more from my perspective aligns more with the yoga cycles and everything to be honest like uh helena blavatsky stuff i can see how a seven cycles would work there but that's more of nature's way of cleansing it cleansing the planet with floods and volcanoes and all this stuff
0: yeah Um, i'll give this to you and for anyone listening watch requiem for a machine by the ruiner on youtube the ruiner is shane's channel and the series are called requiem for a machine if you want your mind to be blown and you'll probably walk away pretty apathetic about the world but (laughs) check that out and shout out and he said it's an illuminati bloodline is that what he says yeah dude what episode is he episode 13 episode 13 13, of you for the truth if you want the backstory on Shane,
2: we didn't get so deep into specifics but general but um yeah and again just want to say too like you could walk away with a you know apathy but to be human and going back to the the opposites we talked about is to have the capacity to take in this information but then to also hold the other side to not let that overtake you and bring you into this dark hole A a dark deep hole of depression and like what's the point and nihilism. And it's just like also like fuck, that could be a thing. And I'm an individual that has reason. Exactly. Healthy emotional faculties. What will I do? What will I create? How will I be? How will I do my part in creating the world that I want for myself? And then so I can feel like I'm a good, a good human being that's that's happy with his choices. And then through that process, if other people are inspired, that's a good thing. Anyways, I, I, what's I the it.
1: point in? Well, what's the point in fucking reason? If the AI gods are gonna fucking kill us all I, anyway, there's no point. We might as well just go and live a hedonistic life.
2: Yes, I don't know. Is, I don't. I'm, we're just having. Let's a just go. For I don't it. know. Yeah, but,
0: don't then, know. but then, but then, 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 Rand would say, "How the fuck are any of you idiots buying into any of that? How is that any part of existence or your reality use your reason to shut it down? Yeah. Right? Yeah,
2: exactly, <laughs> exactly." <laughs> you know like i have yet to be honest everything we just said it's not like i have evidence that i'm in a pod like hovering (laughs) around planet earth you know and that you know like i have no evidence of that so i'm gonna just live my life you know as best as i can (laughs) i love these conversations um okay i want to pivot here okay and Joel, if you, if you want, if you don't think we should, let me know. But I want to pivot because it's it's your, uh, an area of expertise around like wealth building and, mm-hmm. and finance and crypto and stock market, whatever. I don't know exactly. Cap- capitalism. What... Yeah, capitalism. There you go. <laughs> capitalism. H- how do you see, I like, think there's been a recent crash in the crypto world, you know? How do you see that evolving? Do you think that's part of the whole matrix of control that like people are going to like have all their money in crypto and then they're going to take out the grid and everyone's money's going to disappear. Like what, what do you think is the future from a financial standpoint? And what can an individual do to position accordingly to protect themselves or to build wealth? I know it's a general question, but I think that's something if there's, if there's one thing I'm hearing, like not even whispers, but people really talking about, and these even people who maybe aren't even going down some of these rabbit holes they sense something's off and they're like, okay, do I buy gold? Do I buy silver? Do I get into crypto? Do I take all my money out of the stock market? Do I dig a six foot six hole in my backyard and just throw everything in there? Like, what do you think needs to be done? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, what would you recommend? And again, you know, you, no one's going to hold you to it if they follow your advice and they end up broke in two weeks. Like just what are your <laughs> thoughts? <laughs>
1: Uh, <clears throat> well, the, the financial world runs very, very deep in, in the control mechanisms and the infrastructures that we've got. A lot of people's uh, slavery is boils down to the financial system, and that's sort of why I went into it, to be honest. Uh, I've just launched something called Thinking Wealth, and it's a bit of a marketing ploy in the sense that we're we, 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 we bringing people in on the premise that they're going to maintain their wealth. The reality is that we're showing them what's really happening and you need to take ownership of your own shit because there's some there's a storm brewing. But you can't sell that very much because people don't really buy that. They want to make money. Mm-hmm. So if you we need to understand that anything with a title is a trust agreement. Banks don't lend money. They don't lend a fucking thing and they never have. We don't borrow money. There's not a person on this planet in debt. And that's what people can't grasp. They can't grasp that debt doesn't exist. This is why it's called a credit card and not a debt card. Why isn't it called a debt card? You're not in debt, you're in credit. Mortgages, the word mortgage means death grip in French. dear and gauge to gauge grip, death grip. It's it's a very, very deep topic, and um, all they've got to do right now as we sit here is raise interest rates. Just one point, just raise it by 1%, and the repossession rates across the Western world will go through the roof. People will be losing their houses. The governments won't be able to afford the debt from the central banking system. It's not really debt, but they'd call it debt. Um and it's a wealth grab, that's all it is. It's just human ignorance from the, the, the powers that shouldn't be. And uh, this is why the, the banks, if you, I don't know what's like in the US, but over here in the UK, Lloyds Bank, have gone into so-called private property rentals now and they're buying huge amounts of UK property. The banks are. Um, and that's what's coming. That, that's, there's a storm brewing, a huge storm. And I don't think we've seen the start of it. I'm in the crypto market as a, as a bet against the financial system, not because I think it's, it's any more safe than the stock market. I don't think it's any more safe than the stock market. It's just, for me, an insurance hedge against the Federal Reserve, the Central Bank, the European Central Bank. Um, that's what it is. But essentially, it stems down to trusts and equity. And if you don't, it's I mean, it, you spend hours talking about it, but it's uh, you have three sides of a trust. You have a beneficiary, a settler and a trustee. And you are the beneficiary of every single so-called loan that you take out. You go into a bank and you say, I want to borrow a hundred thousand dollars, pounds, whatever. And you go. Uh, yep. as You sign that piece of paper. The minute you sign that piece of paper, you are the beneficiary of that hundred grand. Um, but what they believe, what, what they create is they misconstrue the trust agreement. So the trust is now that they are the beneficiary and you have to pay them. It's a, They flip the trust on it, so they construe it. Now, you are, not, you are technically the beneficiary, but the way it's structured is that you do not think you are. They've lent you money. The reality is you've created that money yourself as the beneficiary. Because if you didn't sign that piece of paper, the money didn't exist. Mm. So therefore, you've created it yourself. And what they then do is, uh, it's called a security trustee. That goes on to the Securities Exchange Commission, the SEC in the US. Apparently, the debt gets sold. It doesn't, just gets assigned, very different. So it gets assigned over to the SEC. Um, a security trustee has it. They receive all the, the p- repayments. So, you notice you never make a payment; you always make a repayment because it's always been it's already been paid. And then <clears throat> uh, they receive all the repayments. All you're doing is repaying something that you've already created and benefited from. Um, and that's how people get trapped in 25, 30-year mortgages. And if they raise interest rates, you lose your house. So. It's a tragic joke, really, but we need to go back to ancient Venice. We need to go back to the Venetians in order to see how all this was set up.
2: Mm. We're going to have to get you on in a future conversation so we can go into all of that. <laughs> that That's deep, man. Mate. mate,
1: it's real deep. And this is why, you know, if I try and market that stuff, I'm either going to be killed or uh, no one's going to sign up for anything. So I have, to, I have to bring people in as I'm going to show you how to make money. And then, the floodgates open.
2: Yeah. So,
0: what are what 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 are what are the practical ways today for people to manage their money?
1: Gold and silver have always been the default hedge against piss poor monetary policy. Uh, gold, um, because esoterically it's the sun, right? It's the the the, the uh, symbol of the sun. Silver is mythologically the, or esoterically the symbol of the moon. So that's why we've always defaulted back to gold and silver as a monetary hedge. Real estate, people are always going to need places to live and you get rent rental income off them. But if you don't know what you're doing, the so-called debt will destroy you, which most people don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we have, we have something here called council tax and um, we pay water bills and electricity bills and gas bills and all these. So just stop paying them. Don't pay all them. Complete waste of money. It's, you don't need to pay them. Um, you just need to know how to, to litigate properly. Um, we have something in the UK, so anyone listening there, you can do this, um, but you have to write it properly, and it's not advice. I'm just telling you what I do, and it's up to you then. You you send off a – it's called a data subject access request, and uh, what you find out is that all these organisations have been selling your data. Um, and then basically they'll fold and give you a, a private settlement. You don't need to pay your gas or electric or anything.
2: Is that the same in the US too?
1: I have no idea, mate. We do. It's called GDPR over here. Um, and th- in the UK, the 2018 Act is the, uh, we, we can issue a DSAR, which is a data subject access request. Let's say you're caught speeding and it, we have something called the DVLA, uh, the driving organization, the regulatory body. They sell your data to the police in order to have your details of the car. Um, by them doing that, you can say, "Well, you've sold my data without my permission." Um, that's it.
2: I'm not it's paying the ticket.
1: Black and white, very Please. easy. There's no battle. There isn't a battle. This is what people can't get their head around. Like, there's some fight. There's no fight. It's just this reality. There's no fight it's, there. It's people think British you're doing paper. this. Well, it's it's,
2: it's just trickery.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and the, the people don't know what they're doing it's just it's paperwork they've never seen before very rarely seen and they don't know what they're doing they're just pen pushers yeah. sitting behind a desk going scratching their heads if you end up in the county court you'll wipe the floor
0: so you no longer pay any government issued fines correct <clears throat> nice man
2: or utility bills no nothing You don't need to.
1: I don't know what it's like in the US or Australia. To be fair, I don't know. So, um, settlement. Yeah, but you
2: would think there'd be some similarity. Maybe not exactly the same. There's definitely similarities between the three nations.
1: I mean, over here we have a television license. You have to pay about 150 pound a year to own a fucking television. Really? What's that, man? We've got something called the BBC. It's like some propaganda machine of the government, right? And they say we have to pay £150 a year to, to have a television license. And that's just the BBC. And what they've done over the last two years is nothing but brainwash the people. Wow. And we have to pay to be brainwashed. It's absolutely, it's just magic the what they've done. I was like fantastic.
2: Here's my money. Brainwash me. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Well, you've got to be brainwashed to pay, to be honest. Yeah. He's dumb as doorknobs, but, you know, whatever. But that, that, that topic is incredibly deep and it will come out at some point. I believe in our lifetime that will come out the fraud of the of the banking systems.
0: Yeah, I feel like um, people in the truth community, they're tacitly aware of it, but there's no clarity around it. There's no clarity around what's actually going on and how to actually deal with it. So, yeah, man. I'd I mean, suggest
1: on face, if you're on Facebook, I'd suggest joining a, a Facebook group called Debtless. D-E-B-T dash And uh, that's the best group I found. He was the guy who actually opened the doors for me. So I was just, uh, you know, you know, like one of those guys you mentioned. You know something's going on, but you can't quite put your finger on it and you know that you don't know about how to do the litigation properly. He he was the guy who taught me how to do it. And like tax, I've got to be careful what I say, because if it's public, the, the tax people... But you can, there's ways around paying tax. If you, you go offshore and everything, you can set all that up and it's easy, man. People say you've got an obligation to pay tax. If you know what tax went to, you, you'd have an obligation not to pay tax. Yeah. It's, that's, they say, oh, we, we've got something again called the NHS, uh, the Nationalised Health Service. It's absolutely garbage. It's useless. But they say, oh, they use it as a political ploy. So they go, oh, NHS is great. Our NHS, we had to clap the carers. I don't know if you guys did. Didn't we? They all went out on a Thursday oh. you night know, like, clapping the carers.
2: Yeah, we 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 called it like the frontline workers or something, like eight o'clock at the beginning of the whole, <laughs> the whole scam. I'm like living where I, we used to live, which was a little bit more around people. And we just heard it every night. And I'm sitting there rolling my eyes like, oh my <laughs> lord. <laughs> yeah it's like
1: that man but when people realize that tax goes to um paying the interest on the money that the government have borrowed from central banks that's it there's nothing else there's no it doesn't go to the roads to mend the roads and it doesn't go to look after the local area uh. Uh-uh, none of that happens all it does is pay the interest on government loans from central banks that's it so you just you're just keeping the system going
0: that's all crazy bro dude i mean our listeners are sick of me hearing this but i've been charged thousands of dollars during the peak of the lockdown when we had a curfew for being outside I did actually, you pay no i haven't paid it i haven't paid them but i'm I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying man i'm not paying it but i'm 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 litigating properly against us. i'm paying a i'm paying a, a lawyer you know okay. simply simply out of integrity but I'm sure there's 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 deeper ways to simply not pay any of that bullshit as well, you know
1: yeah, I mean look on the look on the paperwork, it'll probably uh, it won't say the word it shouldn't I, I don't know what's like over there, so it's difficult for me to say, but there's very certain pieces of words that they'll use on the pieces of paper and mm. you'll for example, in legalese, which is the language of law, it'll say things like "You must do this," mm. and it's mandated to do this. So people hear the word mandate and go, it's law. Yes. Yeah, In legalese, mandate is a request upon a person. That's all it is. Yeah. So if something gets mandated, it's merely a request. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the police walking around the streets say, Oh, it's a mandate, they-, they don't even know that it doesn't mean
2: you oh, must yeah. do this.
1: Yeah. They're yeah. dumb as doorknobs, you know.
2: Yeah. It's like the whole mask mandates, you know, people think like I have to put it on before I go into the store because it's a mandate. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> But yeah. just look at look at it, mate. It'll probably be a notice rather than a fine on the paperwork. Um, so it, it's not a fine. There's no such thing as a fine. You can't be fined by government. Yeah. It's a fucking illusion. It's not don't fight them. There's nothing to fight.
0: They're serving you for fuck's sake. You're not ser- you're not paying them. It's ridiculous, man. People, people definitely need to get their their head around the, the real relationship. Between you and the government, you know, because that's, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's the real mindfuck. And people talk about sovereignty, but, you know, what I mean, we're still kind of living under yeah. these, these illusionary premises that, you know, what I mean, the government's There's dad. Me. Yeah,
2: there's so much like you said earlier, Joel, there is a lot of confusion because you have different people talking about different things and throwing out terms like common law and maritime law and this and that and, and then teaching it in different ways. And then people are like, you need to change your status, you can have two statuses. And, you know, like I have yet to go down that my wife and I haven't gone down those rabbit holes, um, maybe potentially to our detriment at some point in the future. So it's something to think about. But I know there's this area, I think it's in Arizona it's like no man's land. Like they are all, it's like, some I forget there's a name to it, but this is sovereign. Like no cops don't go there. No one messes with it. Cause they all know what's up. And it's this community or, or I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I've heard people talk about it. And like, I'd be so curious to even just to roll up there and be like, yo, what's up guys. How how you living? But I hear it's like no man's land anyways. You'll have to let me know where
1: that is, man. I'd like to check that out.
2: Yeah. I'll check, tra- I'll check it out, man. I'll try to look it up and then I'll send you a link
1: but you could talk about you could talk about the law and everything and as you say their common law and all this and 99% of it is just garbage man and people end up in prison and I'm not paying my council tax and because they don't know what they're doing they end up with massive fines and then they end up paying the fines and it's just not worth doing most of the time but if you have the right people around you and you learn from the right people as with anything in life yeah. you realize that there is, no, there is nothing to fear with it all. You know, it's just a yeah. matrix of, of paperwork and illusion.
2: Again, but back to- You can make a living
1: out of it. You can make a living out of speeding, like parking on double yellow lines over here. If you get, if the DVLA will send your details off to the local councils, as soon as they do that, you can take them for 5,000 pound out here. So like every time they do it, you can make a fortune,
2: just keep parking there on purpose. Damn, I need a new side hustle. <laughs> You're awesome, so What do you do for a living? I park on double lines, bitch.
1: <laughs> you could sell a course on that personal development course.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, coming, coming soon. <laughs> coming soon. I hear from the truth. Uh, Eight week program. <laughs> oh, man, that's interesting stuff. Uh, Absolutely. there was something I was going to say it. I got sidetracked by the parking on double lines. Oh, well, that's great. Uh,
0: Alex, do you think right. that the, the war and blame on capitalism is justified by the left? No, not at all. I'm, I'm very anti-left, to be
1: fair. Uh, you talked about integration earlier, Yuracimus, uh, but mm. <laughs> I, have, I have a nasty streak in me for left-wing politics. Yeah, it just seems so anti-natural, and it, I just got an in, an innate dislike for it. And um, capitalism in its pure form—if you go back to Randian, uh, the Randian philosophy again—that's not what we've got anyway. So you can't compare what we've got here with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got corporatism and lobbying to to the nth degree. So that's not capitalism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I do think it's unjustified. Yeah
2: yeah Yeah,
0: and this is this is where like things things link in and things come together right because the left is very much based on an altruistic model again right which very much to me aligns with eastern mysticism and eastern philosophy on some level which very much so aligns with communist ideologies you know and there's just this 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 thing that's, the, that's that's taking place on some level where it's kind of like just different branches of the same basic idea. And you said it, man, it is anti-life. It is it is un, 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 unnatural on so many levels. It's the ideology of depravity. It's the ideology that you should starve yourself, just proliferated under these different ideas and, the, and, the, and, and, the, and these different names, you know? Not to say that you mean the, the right wing is... The, the, the savior and you mean the, the, the right path that we should all be following but we need to wake up to what the roots of this whole left-wing political sphere is it, it actually is and it's at the end of the day it's it's the morality of death it's it's that the fact that you should starve yourself that you should deplete yourself that you are not worthy on any level to receive right And this even ties back into the premise of religion, that we're born sinners and that we're inherently evil and that we have to spend our entire life in atonement for this guilt, which we just somehow believe we were born with and we we, we carry, you know? And again, you come back to the collective, they're drowning in guilt. They're They're drowning in shame simply for being themselves. And they condemn anything that tells them they're worthy. They condemn anything that offers them a pathway of self-love and self-care and building oneself up. And they say, how can anyone be worthy if I'm not worthy? Right? So it's anti-life. You're right. It's constantly starving itself in this loop that the ideology has created for itself. Mm.
1: I do, but I think we need to be careful as well, of not falling too much into the negative I don't seem, uh, as I've said there, I haven't got much faith in the left-winger politics at all, mm-hmm. next to zero. But we've got to be careful not to just put the lens on the bad side of left-winger politics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like The other side of that argument could yep. could suggest, like, you know, you got homeless people on the street and we're, we're trying to, I don't know, bring them up to a level of... that. This is the argument that gets put out there right so the lower lower echelons of society can be elevated if their fundamental fundamental needs are met by um handouts or however you want to label that up i mean if you look at the, the the right-wing of politics it's generally speaking very individualistic and that's got good and bad sides to it right um so yeah i, I do tend to align with what, everything that you've said there i just think we need to be very careful
0: not to just tar everybody with the same brush for sure for sure I agree, and i I, I,
2: agree.
0: I appreciate the balance but let me ask you a hypothetical question are you <clears throat> really serving the homeless person by giving it by giving it to him for nothing
1: no i don't think so and, and but where
2: I, is the giving coming from is it giving coming from a government that's filled with red tape and bureaucracy etc cetera, etc cetera, or is it coming from Oh wow! Alex, Joel, and Erosimos have uh, have used their individual ability to create and build business and do something, and then we created some organization that supported uh, improving mental health and education for you know what I mean? Like, no, but on a deeper level, from?
0: on a, on a deeper level, my question is poised: that Are you actually benefiting the person by giving them something that they haven't earned? Are you are you benefiting that human soul? It's a philosophical question that you can
1: never get to the bottom of again if it was if you're asking me I'd say no you're not helping them yeah but I don't I, I really don't fucking know to be fair yeah it, 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 I'd is, say it, no.
2: it is it is hard you know because then it's like mm. well what if I mean there's so many variables you know there's mental health but then there's like wow if someone had a shower and their their fingernails clipped and their, and their toes clipped like what would that you know, what would that do? Could that change their, their, their sense of identity and their sense of self Would then that, then allow them to go and, and take in some other knowledge and go and look for some work. So I don't, I don't have, I don't know what the answers are. I agree with both of you, like, Hmm. you know, enabling usually doesn't work out um, in in the long-term or even the short-term from as a beneficial. But the
0: thing is, and this, this this is where, again, I'll point a finger at the left is that I've got no problem in helping that person. If it's in your self-interest, if you if you have a surplus and you truly decide that, you mean it's my selfish desire to uplift this human being. But when you're conditioned to feel guilty for having and for someone else not having, and that you should deplete yourself because the morality says that you're only good if it's for someone else, if it's for anyone other than yourself, then again, I say that's anti-life. That is not life-serving. That is not life-giving. And to me, that is the basis of this altruistic ideology that has infiltrated this entire mode of thinking. Mm. Yeah, I think if we we look at the the, the
1: very basis of Eastern religions, it's probably uh, Confucius, who you'd probably have to lean to. And that's why they're all very family-orientated. And I think that's where the collectivist ideas have essentially stemmed from and just broadened out as their, their nation is their family. And, and mm-hmm. that's why you, you end up with the Communist Party in China. And uh, it's always sort of been that way with Chairman Mao for the last 100 years or so. Uh, when, when we had the so-called Enlightenment period, we, I think we come into our own uh, sense of individualism there, particularly the birth of the US. I've got a very... I'm very fond of the US. And in my opinion, that was a human experiment, by consciousness, if you like, to see if we could create, yeah, a free society of you know. Um, and I, I think it worked. I think it worked um, until it got manipulated by the, the the Federal Reserve and things like that, and the red tape, the bureaucracy, as you mentioned. But I think if we if we find the roots, we find the the human nature. What is it that's driving us to? I mean, even have this conversation about the collectivist ideas and the individual, individualistic ideas. What is it that's within us? That's trying to figure this stuff out and trying to make us make sense of it all. Mm. And I think that's where the conversations need to evolve. Not this one, but the, across the globe. What, what is it that's within us that is driving us to try and figure this shit out? Cause we're all, are we all doing the best we can with what we know? It's a bit of a, a fluffy saying, mm. I don't know. I'm not sure. Cause I look at some of the people in the world and I think, nah, you're not doing the best you can. No that's way. bullshit, man.
2: Yeah, that's some of the four agreements, you know, where I, I, can get behind, I can get behind some of the things and elements of it. But as a whole, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Mm. Don't take anything personally. I'm going to take a lot of things personally, especially if you spit on my face or if you <laughs> insult me or if you talk shit about my homies right now that I'm talking with. You know what I mean? Like, so that 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 I can't get behind that. Yeah,
0: but and uh-huh. again, this goes down back to, to, to judgment programming. But to judge is simply to discern. To judge is simply to use your critical faculties and say, that's pretty fucked up, man. You know. Yeah. But again, yeah, there's this this underlying guilt. Thou shall not judge. I shall not judge. I shall not point the finger at myself, right? But at
2: yeah. the end of the day, just love, that's, just, love just love up on the rape, rapist and the pedophile. Love is all you need. Nah. <laughs> you
0: know.
1: Yeah. And this is what this I think they shoot themselves in the foot, man. I don't know if it's if society's been the purpose to use the left wing of politics in order to serve an agenda because it the so-called greater good. That that fits so nicely with the idea of that everyone's one and we're all yeah, one exactly. a family and all. This shit. It's yeah. very so, easy it's to really manipulate is. that
0: idea. But again, let's come back to it. There is no, there's no such organism. There is no living entity that's a collective. There is no living entity of oneness. At the end of the day, every time you hear the greater good or you hear oneness, it's simply you serving the, you serving the agenda of the individuals who exert the most influence within the collective. There's no collective good. It doesn't exist on any level. Someone is dictating what that good is. And it's usually yeah. the most vile of the lot. Yeah,
1: yeah, well, the systems we've got reward psychopathy, doesn't it? it it's the top I mean, of politics. He, he rewards you.
2: I mean, Edward Bernays even talked about it in his propaganda book. It's like, you no, know, there are masses and they need to be led. And there are an elite few that know where society needs to go. And that's final.
1: So. You know what? I don't, I don't even necessarily disagree with that. I don't, I I
2: don't disagree, I, man. I was mentioning that to Joel yesterday.
1: It's like <laughs> it people... Was people haven't got the capacity to live their own life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, do you know? And it's difficult for a lot of people to comprehend. I mean, my fucking podcast called Project Sovereign and it's like complete opposite to what I'm saying. Uh-huh. But these last two years have proved it without beyond a shadow of a doubt for me. People are so um, out of touch with nature, out of touch with their self, They have no idea about their own myth, their own personal myth, how they've got to where they've got to. They've got no idea of the future. They've got no drive, nothing, no ambition, nothing. Um, They'd rather watch Netflix or something than than read and study and do, you know, obviously every now and again. but And Mm -hmm. this is why I think I'm naturally pessimistic. I think I've always had that inkling in me, and now it's just been proven to myself, using my reason. It's Mm -hmm. been proven... Real. So yeah, good for Edward Bernays, man. And I look at the people doing this now and and I laugh. I just laugh. I don't, what's the point in getting angry at this?
2: Yeah, no, I hear you. And I I agree with you too, you know, and I think even you saying like, oh, I have uh, an organization and my brand is called Project Sovereign. And I believe these thoughts, once again, the dualistic nature of man, like the compensatory nature of the human psyche. Like it's not like just because you believe one thing, then everything else is just, you know, disappears and isn't a reality, or doesn't like live in your psyche. You know, it's how do you hold space for it? Because I agree. When when I, I even said that to you on our my drive back yesterday, I was talking to you. Well, I kind like, of kind of agree with his statement. But again, then who who are these people that are pulling the strings? Like the three of us <clears throat> at the top, you know that that are saying that that no, I'm just saying. Like I'm just saying. Like the three. of <laughs> Let's just do a hypothetical. I'm not saying we <laughs> should be at the top. I'm just saying, you should, man. <laughs> I'm just saying that you know, you were saying earlier, like most people wanna I love you laughing right now, uh, Joel, but most people want to watch Netflix all day and watch porn all day and like not look into these books from the great masters and think and inspire introspection and be like, oh, why do I believe what I believe? Oh, wow, I believe this now, and then I have picked up this book and that challenged my beliefs. Most people don't want to do that, you know, and so, Again, you have these masses that need to be led and guided and then you have like groups like the CFR and the Trilateral Commission and all these other, you know, think tanks and people that are like sitting in boardrooms making decisions. And then I go, OK, well, if the three of us had a boardroom and we were making some decisions, it might look a little different than the types of people like Bernays and, you know, the other people of that ilk, you know. So anyways, interesting to discuss. So,
1: you know, Julius Savola. Do you know him? no. A philosopher, early twentieth century, nineteenth like century, I think, and he was only oh, twentieth century. He must have um he explained why fascism doesn't work because you, it's not fascist enough. Mm. So every fascist uh, regime that's ever took place did, fell because it wasn't fascist enough, so and well, it was very too much
2: too much control to others.
1: Yeah, yeah, basically. But if you if you look at it, it's very platonic. So a lot to do with Plato because he believed that kings should run societies. So that isn't that much different to fascist dictators who tyrants who believe that they are the top of society and and should be running the, the lower classes. Yeah, I, but, I've heard, I've heard worse ideas.
2: No, of course, of course. But then again, it <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But then again, goes it goes back to like who are these quote unquote elites? You know, like and what and how have they used reason? to come to some understanding of how the world should be or how they should live as individuals. And then should they then like paint all of society with the brush that is representative of their views of how they see themselves and how they see nature again, like that's, what's interesting. Who are these people at the top, the puppet, the puppet masters, you know? So what you're
0: both saying is that people are dumb as fuck.
2: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I I would use uh different language than what you recently used on an Instagram post, but I I I do agree, you know. Or I also feel like they've been fed exactly the wrong conditioning, the wrong ideologies, like these collectivistic things. These you know the TV, I mean, that people need to pay a license for to watch, like all these all these things. Like, and this
0: is this this is where it comes in. Can you blame them, or is it, or do you blame the kind of morality that they've been asked to follow? Because simply what we're witnessing, well, yeah, but what, what we're witnessing is they they've 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 gone to a T. They're, <laughs> you mean, they're 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 not judging. They think they're sinners, they believe that good is only external to them, they believe they're not worth anything. They believe that, you mean they're only helping themselves when they're helping someone else. They've they've done what you've asked them to do. And this is the result of the kind of morality that this quote unquote powers that be have required you to follow. Mm. Mm. yeah uh, look at the roman empire for example they had they had uh,
1: what would you call them did their roman leaders mm. i think the idea of democracy might have come around in ancient greece but they were still dictators man like let's not wrap it up with cotton ball
2: yeah it sounds like a pretty word you know democracy and you see ah saying, yeah. oh, the democratic ideals and spreading democracy and the u.s is democratic and i'm like what what are you smoking
1: mm. Yeah. yeah that's right man so joel do you do you not think do you not just uh agree with that what we said which about like um i suppose people are dumb as fuck and they need to be led
2: he's what he's trying to say is do you think the three of us should be at the top of the ladder to set, determining whether or not people get food or not <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs>
0: I think that people should be left to their own vices. And I don't think that anyone should be given any any handouts whatsoever. And I think that everyone needs to learn their lessons for themselves. And I think that by continually handing out, we're not serving anyone. We're not helping anyone. I think that each man is here to survive by his own means of reason. And if he's going to fail at that, then he's going to bear the consequences. If he succeeds at that, he's going to bear the fruit. So I think 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 people are best off being left alone to fit to, to sort that out
2: but again that would i agree but then again let's say you were someone in a position of the people um the person molding the minds of the masses that <laughs> would be your guiding ideology do you know what i mean so it's like who no who, I'm, 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 i'll my i'll i be
0: getting out of the picture i wouldn't i, no, I guess no thanks
2: fine sure no thanks and you you would be i would say espousing these views and these ideas and like educating people because it comes down to a certain level of education what are people being educated on you know what is the yeah I can I, again- I can
0: I can i can i can offer education but then again i'm not forcing it it's up to the person to use their own reason and say this makes a little bit of sense i might want to be educated in this kind of way right yeah. but then again that's a decision that they're making for themselves that's either benef- beneficial or not and at the end of the day, they're going, to, they're going to figure it out based on using their own reason. And their reason is going to be sharpened one way or the other as, as a result. But the problem here, the inherent problem, the problem that we're discussing is self-responsibility at the end of the day. You know, can you be responsible for the consequences of your choices? Can you be responsible as an individual living on earth? And I'm going to live or die based on my choices, as opposed to... You mean here, everyone, everyone's needs are met to the most basic level. You don't need to be responsible for anything anymore. You don't need to rise. You don't need to fall. Just stay exactly where you are.
2: Hail to Emperor Joel.
1: (laughs) I'd vote for you, man.
2: (laughs) Yeah, listen, I mean, the reality is this. If we're having this conversation, it's pretty nuanced. Um, We're grappling with great ideas. On one level, if it was so simple too, that on some level, I feel like it would be done, but you're dealing with human beings, you're different, diff- dealing with different levels of consciousness, different levels of karma, history of genes of, I mean, all of it, you know, different, you're born in a different area, you know, like someone born in the UK in a middle class, upper middle class or the US versus like someone born in a less developed nation with no running water, like like who should, should, should there be people out there like a Bill Gates, instead of just giving all the wealth to create more medicines, like, oh, hey, well how about if we built some, um, you know, water, like clean water, and how, how about if we had sanitation and all that, that built foundations of health for people to then you know what I mean? Like this. Is I where... say the
0: issue. The, the issue still is the state's input. If you separate the state from the economics, if you separate the state from the individual, if you separate the bureaucracy and the regulation, who knows what's possible in these countries, in these nations? You know.
2: Yeah, but... no, I hear you. I hear you.
0: Yeah, there's certainly an argument. Hundred percent, there's an argument for that, mate. And
2: I
1: don't think it's ever been tried, really, other than the Has... US between maybe between the founding and maybe
0: eight, early 1800s, and I think that was about it, really. Yeah, I don't think there's ever been a real, true free market. Um, but yeah, no. you're right. Perhaps that's the only period that it might have been tampered with. Um, but other than that, we've never yeah. had a fully unregulated no. separation of state and economics in society. Yeah, <clears> it's
2: <throat> interesting. And then you're dealing with psychopaths too. And then how is a psychopath going to further their self-interest? And what are they going to do? Like you're just dealing with so many different kinds of people. So I'm, I suppose, I know, I'm I suppose the out.
1: argument to that is if if, if he the service or product that is, is offering um, the free market would determine it to be he's exactly. an asshole. They're not going to buy
0: the product, are they? So he goes out of business. Exactly. But, and the, so, and the other thing that you're relying upon is other people to use rationality and other people to use reason. You're, you're, you're still dependent on everyone having an idea of reason, you know? But then again, the unreasonable person, they're just going to be cast to the side Unreal. by the reasonable people i guess But uh, man i've loved this conversation that's for sure <laughs> good man that's been yeah. two hours in it, Is it oh hour and, An hour and a half 90
2: minutes, An hour half, 90 minutes.
0: An hour half, Yeah, hour and a half man cool. yeah Listen, usually... i know we
2: can yeah we usually go around 90 minutes i know we can keep going and, and talking about a lot of different things and i'm sure with with the things we've exposed ourselves to we can go on tangent after tangent after tangent, after tangent. but um First of all, brother, just appreciate you, appreciate your mind, appreciate how, you know, the work that you've done to evolve into who you are, to have these kinds of ideas, to grapple with them with your, within yourself, uh, to continue living life according to how you, you know, you believe you should. And I appreciate you, man. I'm so happy we connected. Um, on that note, you're obviously up to a lot of interesting things with your brand, Project Sovereign. Um so anything you want to share to the people that are listening, how they can find you, how they can get your support, your wisdom, your knowledge, etc., please do share. Yeah,
1: thanks. And likewise, thank you for uh, for having me on. Um alexhickman.co.uk, just go on there, everything's on that website. Um, I've just launched Thinking Wealth as we spoke about in there. Go through the link, you get a two-week free trial on that. So if you don't like it, just cancel the subscription. No problem. We we, we teach people how to uh, investing in real estate precious metals and cryptocurrency increase your financial iq and a lot of mindset stuff like uh, just deconditioning basically get it getting out your own way um particularly in the context of money and finances and everything so that's thinking wealth you can get on that through alexitman.co.uk loads of writing and ideas that i share on there Podcasts, youtube all that other good stuff uh free downloads how to escape wage slavery I did that a couple of years ago now yeah man that's great thanks for uh, thanks for having me on again i appreciate it yeah, so
2: yeah welcome, definitely man. looking forward to future conversations for sure man yeah, yeah Alex, love it. everything
0: you're about bro it's so good to be connected guys thank you for listening and we'll see you next time take care smoke and mirrors i'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing.
1: I'm in a DeLorean.